All right, should we get to our sexy story this week? Ladies, gentlemen, you cannot unsuck that dick. (laughs) It was hot. It was really quite something. (laughs) Do you like when someone else makes me moan? Do not show up looking like you slept in your clothes. In your car. There is nothing sexier than getting railed by two dudes at the same time. I'll just say that. Hey everyone, welcome to Front Porch Swingers. I'm Brenna. I'm Brian. Guys, allplayground.net was amazing before this week, but now it is incredibly amazing because the Love Voodoo and Swingers Underground merger going on to Alt Playground is officially done, meaning there are now over half a million new profiles that have been merged onto the Alt Playground site. And it's been so fun getting on there and seeing people hop on from states literally all over the place. It is so fun. Always new people, always new things happening. It's just a site that is constantly moving forward. And this latest merger is really proof of that. We're so excited to be a part of that forward momentum. And we hope that you'll join us in it by heading to altplayground.net today and checking it out for yourself. Also, please come find our community called Front Porch Swingers with over 400 people sharing, chatting, and talking. It's been a blast. We also want to remind you of fullswapshop.com. It's a great place to get merchandise for our show, including our pink Vixen merchandise, farmer's market merchandise, and our classic logo. And it's also a great way to support the show. Get yourself something cool and uh, support Front Porch Swingers. So head on over to fullswapshop.com slash swingers today. We hope that you find something that you really like and show us a picture of yourself in it if you'd like or using it. There's like shot glasses and mugs. It's just fun. So... So I want to start with single guy tip of the week because we were just talking about it before we started recording and holy fuck is this one fun. It's fun. I'm laughing. Yeah. I didn't tell you about this because I wanted to, I wanted to save it. It's, it's probably, it's not, certainly not the most egregious that we've ever gotten, but it's definitely unique. It's the most funny. It's definitely the funniest. (laughs) We'll let everybody kind of decide for themselves. So I think the theme of single guy tip of the week, I think it has to be, well, don't assume, I think, should be the, the, the focus of this particular topic, uh, this particular single guy tip of the week. Don't assume and maybe, and maybe take a hint, right? Maybe, I don't know, maybe, maybe read the cues, read the room a little better. I don't know. So let me give you a little backstory. We were planning a small trip out of town this weekend. Now, of course, we live at the tip of the Rockies and weather dictates if you travel everything. or not. It dictates so, everything. And as it turns out, we got about 10 inches of snow yesterday. Yes, we did. So uh, we canceled our, well, we knew it was coming. So Friday, I canceled the uh, the trip and the reservations and all that good stuff. And I'm very bummed because it's like our favorite hotel ever. I just love it. Yeah. Unfortunately, that was not to be because we got 10 inches and they got 10 inches there pretty much. And it's still snowing now and it's zero fucking degrees. Right. So if we're going to be cold and miserable, we're going to do that at home. <laughs> and so we had an ad out on one of our sites that we use regularly when we travel to this particular town. And I got an amazing, I got five responses from one guy. Yeah. Now we got probably 30 responses, but five of them came from one individual. I responded to none of them, which should have been clue number one that this isn't going to work. He was an eager beaver, this guy. He is super thirsty, real eager, almost funny because it's... Well, <laughs> almost it was funny. funny. It's fucking hilarious. It's, it's, it is funny. So the ad was very specific, okay? Even more specific than 
our ads are ordinarily because I really wanted to drill down. All right. So in this particular ad were a number of things, not the least of which was an age range. Okay. Because we do get, particularly now we are in a college town where we were headed is also a college town. I literally got a message from an 18 year old. So (laughs) you have to be very specific with what you're looking for, you know, as it pertains to all those things, age notwithstanding. So I made it very clear. Okay. And you are also interested in someone even slightly older than me. So I had mentioned, you got to be over 40 first of all, looking for over 40. That's your thing. Yeah. And if you're over 60 and super hot, you go to the front of the line. Oh, yeah. Those 60-year-old dudes just get me right now. Yeah. yeah that's your that's your go-to right now. So uh, this ad was probably two paragraphs long. It, it was – there was even – every time I said, like, this is what we're looking for, in parentheses, I elaborated. And then I went to the next one. It could not have been clearer. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to read to you ads one uh, – responses one through five in succession. I do want to say the look on Brian's face right now, just so you guys know, is both disgust and hilarity. It, it's, <laughs> it's the best. It's so amazing. <laughs> so response number one to the ad, or I should say to the post that I put up. Simple. How about young and hung? Question mark. That's number one. So, of course, you get no response because in said ad, I said, face pick in the first email or no response. Mm-hmm. That is, it is a no brainer. If you cannot show your face, it is a red flag. Move along. That's number one. No picture. Response number two. I've had a post up for a while looking for someone single, but if you're interested in a hotel, I'd be super down. Six one, twenty two 22 years old. Add me or text me. And he puts his phone number in email number two. After he didn't get a response the first time. After he didn't get a response. Also, you put your phone number in here, man. That is rookie move number one. Oh, for sure. Do not do that. Okay? Don't ever do that. Number three, the best. (laughs) Just text me if you're willing to give me a chance. I promise you won't regret it. And I'm going to be way better than any old dude on here. Trust me. (laughs) As he's texting or emailing a 50-year-old man. (laughs) Also puts his phone number again. Been a dream of mine to meet a woman for a hotel night of fun. Okay. And then I get the one, then it's the beginning of the end. Please don't just ignore me because I'm younger. And smiley face. You can't, you got to use proper English. I just can't speak to you. Okay. That's that one. And then the last one is simply five smiley faces. I cannot <laughs> respond to any of that. I want to. I really want to. Yeah. I want to mention, hey, first of all, even digitally, you should be reading the room and not assuming. You know, because it does say that you're 30 years old. Okay? So he immediately assumed that whoever your partner is, because it says hot wife, if he even knows what that means, is he probably assuming that I'm also 30 instead of be, probably being older than his father. <laughs> so before you start calling people old or labeling folks... <laughs> You may want to take a step back. Yeah. Because even if I was considering reaching out to this guy, I was done at the old dude thing. Okay? I cannot. I almost wanted to have. If we were going, I would almost have had him meet us just so I could see the look on his face when he met me. I was really were wanting to Were you going to, to introduce that. yourself as said old dude? Hi, I'm old dude. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> That's how I was going to meet him and greet him. Yeah. 100%. Just to see the blood drain from his face. 
and total embarrassment. Yeah, it's pretty rude. So yeah, well, it is rude, but it but it he didn't mean it to be rude. He's twenty two. No, and that's the problem. This is why it says in the ad forty plus. We've had some really not bad. I guess situations with younger guys, you've had a couple of pretty good ones. But the truth of the matter is your preference is older, 40 plus. You have much better kind of connection with the guys that are older. It just works out better. So this is what we're looking for. And I get it. You got to try, right? You got to throw your hat into the ring at 22. You're just slinging it around, trying your best. But if you're going to do that, you need to step correctly. Right. That is terrible. And you responded five times with just, it just oozes desperation. Yeah. So right out of the gate, maybe I didn't even see, you know, responses one through four. And then all of a sudden I see it and I'm like, whoa, whoa, what is this? It's terrible. I'm not interested. You're clearly dying to do this. So much so that, you know, you've taken the fun out of it. Yeah, I really don't like when people don't fit the mold and they still reach out. Like I was just on our BDSM site this morning and looking through some of the things that people had posted and somebody was clearly looking for a couple and it's at the end it even says no single dudes in all capital letters and yet it's like 12 single guys that respond. Well, absolutely. Yeah, it's unfortunate and I I would like to think that people at some point guys are going to get it, but at 22, I just don't, you know, listen, you're you're just a raging heart on at 22. That's really all that's going on. Now, uh, at the same time, I did get a response this morning. Now, I've changed that post because, of course, we were not going to that town. And, and I completely forgot to delete it. So what I received this morning was a lot better. This is clearly from a younger guy because he says it. And he said in the post, I don't have it in front of me, the email. He said, hey, I'm not 40 plus. Don't know if you guys found anyone kind of thing. If you think I might, you know, fit, please reach out. I'm, I'm available type stuff. He was really very, very nice, very cordial. Yeah, at least respectful. And he put a face picture up there, which I thought, well, he read the post, right? So there are some guys that get it. He didn't say how old he was, but from his picture, he's clearly younger. And as I said, he mentioned it. But this particular 22-year-old definitely has some work to do. <laughs> I mean, it, and at no point did he put a picture of himself. There yeah. was never a picture. Oh, you know, it's bad. So, yeah. And it's literally, it's sentence number one. It's in the first sentence. If you cannot provide a face pick in your first response, please don't waste your time or hours. Yeah. It's very clear. So yeah, there's our single guy tip of the week. Do not assume that you are, he obviously thought he was responding to you potentially or to someone younger and, you know, or someone his age or whatever. You cannot make those assumptions. Agreed. I will also say, though, on a silver lining note, I laughed so fucking hard it made my entire morning. Yeah. So, you know, I know that that was not his intention, but I still appreciate it. It was worth, <laughs> yeah, it was worth it for the comic value of it. Well, you laughed because he said, old dude, and of course he's responding to me. It was too good. Yeah, it's hilarious. It's hilarious, but still sad. It's yeah. like, come on, man. This isn't working. I mean, sad for him because he's not yeah. going to get laid because he doesn't know how to speak to people. But Well, certainly. And you got to wonder, like this type, and I say I call him a kid because he's totally a kid. But you can imagine how kind of maybe quirky and awkward he is to talking to people like face to face if he ever gets that opportunity. Yeah, like he's I can almost, young. He doesn't have a lot of experience in that. Yeah. I mean, I could hear this kid's voice in my head, although I've never met him. <laughs> and to hear him talking to someone just like that in person, thinking it's totally okay. Yeah. You know, I'm like, I just, it, it blows me away. Anyway, young guys, if you're listening, <laughs> don't ever do that. Do not assume. I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of strange, but it was funny as shit. I thought it was great. Agreed. I'm saving those. Those are the best five responses ever. Yeah, I dug it. 
So we've had a lot of other stuff going on in our lives aside from talking to single guys or not talking to single guys. Or ignoring them. I actually started talking to someone new that I'm pretty excited about. And it's different. It's different for a lot of different reasons. So. It is very different, actually. I was I was really kind of... It sparked my interest when he sent you the original message about what it was he was looking for. Yes. First of all, a very cogent, thoughtful, well-put-together message. And it very clearly outlined what it was he was looking for. And on my profile, it says that I am looking to do more topping and I'm interested in kind of taking the sexual reins in some ways. And so I think that's why he reached out to me, but he's very interested in chastity and pegging. Yes. And we should say this particular post was on our kink BDSM platform. Yes. So that's obviously why he, he was very comfortable putting that information in there. I thought it was very interesting. Well written. Yes. And what's most interesting to me is before playing with Ben and before the last six months or so, if you would have asked me if I would have been turned on by the idea of chastity, I would have been like, nah, not really. Yeah. But I've lived it and it was fucking hot. Yeah, it was. It was hot for both of us, actually. All three of us, really. And I miss it. I really do miss it because I feel like what's so interesting about anything new when you try something in BDSM and it speaks to you is then it just kind of like sits there with you and you think about it and you like kind of crave it. Yeah. And that's how I've been feeling about chastity, about being a key holder. And so obviously I'm not making an assumption that I'm going to be this guy's key holder. I have not met him yet, but our digital correspondence has been fucking phenomenal and I'm really excited. Yeah. It's a, it's a very cool idea that you can get back into that kind of headspace again with someone new and he's looking for some different things, which is really interesting. Some a little stuff that's kind of, you know, not outside your comfort zone, certainly, but but things that you maybe have not experienced with anyone else, which which could be fun. And he seems like a pretty solid guy. Yeah, yeah. He's really interesting. We have a lot of the same interests outside of the bedroom as well. So I think this just could be something good. I'm really excited about it. I also think speaking to him and the difference in communication with guys like him and guys like Dean versus other guys I've been interacting with lately is like night and day. Like old dude guy like that? (laughs) I haven't been corresponding with anyone that horrible. But what I'm saying is I think that kinky guys tend to have better sexual IQs and be able to speak to me about sex and kink in a way that is significantly more meaningful and sexy than vanilla guys. Well, he knows specifically what it is that he wants. And that's, I think, that's number one. You have to know yourself before you can have a conversation with someone about what it is that you're looking to get into. He understands very clearly what he wants and what he needs, and he was able to convey that to you in an intelligent, thoughtful way. That's a big deal, that he's he's in touch with his own needs. Yeah, and it fucking turned me on. Yeah, it's very cool. Very cool when you meet someone who has the ability to convey that to you. Yeah. You know, properly. Yeah, well, and it, it had been a while since before Dean and this guy that I really got excited talking to somebody. Right. And now it's like two guys in a month, and I'm fucking, I'm just, I feel good right now. I feel kinky. Well, it's what you've been looking for. And again, we talked about this, and we're going to get into this a little bit in the, in the <laughs> story we're about to tell about your last interaction, I think speaks to that. But there's specific things that you're, that you're looking for and that you need that really move you uh, sexually. And veering away from that does not work. 
for either of us. It just doesn't work. No, it doesn't. You know, it doesn't and make sense. I, I'm glad that I have kind of veered off because it now points me so much to the fact that like I really need someone who can live in that kink space. I'm not saying non-kinky guys can't be awesome, can't be great in bed, but for me personally, there's something in me that like I need the fuel of kink to be there. Does that make any sense? Yeah, like, but you I also need that. You also, again, need someone who has a complete understanding of who they are and what they want or a better understanding or a higher level of understanding of what it is that they need and want. And that's helpful as opposed to someone who's really just kind of finding their sea legs. And that's a difficult place for you to be because you know what you want. You know what you're, you're into. You know what you want from a partner. And when someone else is in alignment with that, that's when the, the experience gets really solid. Yeah. And otherwise, it, you know, we found that it just doesn't, even with me. If it's not a someone who is in complete alignment with what I'm looking for, or at the very least piques my interest enough to get a little bit outside my comfort zone, but has a complete understanding of what their needs are, it just becomes a strange interaction. I don't think we've ever talked about this. What do you feel like at this point, in this point in your journey, what's piquing your interest? Well, again, I think there's a level of sexual IQ that has to be present, not from the standpoint of being a great sexual partner in the moment. I think that sexual IQ starts with what do what does that person need and are they in touch with it? Are they completely comfortable with themselves in their own skin? They understand you know, their bodies and they, they completely get that what they want is non-negotiable. Yeah. If, if, they, if that's the thing for me, like if you know you want something... The conversation just has to be, hey, these are the things I require. These are the things I don't. I'm not interested in this. I like those conversations. Right. It takes all the guesswork out of it. So by the time you you finally get to the point where you're intimate, it's just seamless and smooth. Yeah. You know, a lot of people kind of shy away from those conversations. And we've talked to people who kind of try to have them in the moment. That's a, for me, that's a terrible plan because then I'm just in my own head about, oh, well, okay. So if this isn't okay, well, is that okay? I don't want to do that. I want to know ahead of time. You want to feel, just feel in the moment. I, yeah, I just want to go. Yeah. So if I know that if something is okay or not okay, or something is potentially on the table, that's just a comfortable situation. So for me. you want someone who's confident enough and okay enough with their own sexuality to be able to voice it to you outside of the bedroom. 100%. The conversation has to, listen, sex starts before you ever get in the bedroom for me. It's a mental thing. Yeah. We have to be on the same page. So I don't want, much for you. Yeah. For me, it's so much. I don't want to play guesswork. Like if you can't connect with someone mentally, you are so out on them. Oh, I'm done. Yeah, yeah. I'm done. And it's changed over the course of time. I wasn't always necessarily that way. But as I've gotten older, I know more what I want. And I'm not, listen, I'm not going to waste my time or theirs. If this isn't a fit, let's just, we're adults. Let's just not go forward with it, yeah. you know, which I've done more recently than not. And if you're not in alignment, I just don't see what the point is, Yeah. you know, and I, and I really have to have that, that mental cerebral connection on some level before we ever get to that point. For me, that's, that's key. Yeah, I can tell. I can tell when you're more attracted to someone because you say things like, oh, we had this great conversation about X, Y, Z. Not like, oh, they were so sexy or, right. you know, I was staring at that ass all night or something. Yeah. No, know? it's not my thing. Well, so I have a coffee date Monday. Yeah. I have coffee. And then potentially I have another date with uh, my single gal friend that I've seen a couple of times during the week at some point probably. So those things are going well. But that's because there is a number of similarities and likes and dislikes that I I feel like th this is going somewhere. 
And this is also a situation where this would be my third date with someone. Yeah. That's not a thing. Never done that. Haven't done that since you and I were dating. Yep. So this is kind of a, you know, I'm in uncharted territory. And while the conversations have gotten progressively more flirty and, and fun, you know, we're still, I still have not gotten to the point where I know specifically what this is going to look like sexually, but at least we're on the same page. Yeah. Which is exciting to me and she's intelligent and fun and conversant that's a big deal for very me. interesting she sounds like yeah very interesting yeah which i think is good for you yeah i, have... I think you need someone who's going to keep you on your toes well i need to be interested i've got to be engaged yeah Sim- just having sex with someone is not going to work you know like our friend hannah i just love hanging out with hannah she's just cool and we're into the same thing so it's always fun yeah it's got to be a connection more so like you said just as much outside as inside the bedroom for me that's just my thing feel like we've learned a lot about ourselves lately. Well, it's interesting because we had drinks and kind of an early dinner with a friend yesterday. We sure did. A friend that you guys, as in the listeners, have heard a lot about. Yeah, we had lunch or kind of an early dinner with Clint yesterday. Yes. And it was interesting because he's had a whole lot going on, obviously, with you know COVID and, and his job and all that stuff. We haven't seen him. And so we had lunch with him, again, early dinner with him yesterday. And even he said, because of course he listens to the show, the evolution that that we have gone through, he said, man, I, I can just tell listening to you guys, like you're a completely different place than you were two years ago. As he reminded us, I mean, we almost met him two years ago. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, but even he can hear it, you know, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, because he knows us more other than just the podcast. He Absolutely. knows us on a deeper level. So him saying that was it was a reminder that, yeah, we've, we've come a really fucking long way. For sure. So again, as he said, and, and he agreed because he's also the same way, you can't really discount any possibilities. He's certainly not. Uh, we can't. I mean, anything can happen, obviously. Yeah. So With the exception of you meeting a kid who called me old. That's not a thing. <laughs> Because he called me old or because he's he called a... me old? No. Oh. No. The whole conversation is just, you know, it's like there has to... Again, I think there has to be a commonality. There has to be a, com- a level of comfort. And we're not going to find that in people that we are not in alignment with. So we just don't need to step outside that space. We've already learned that, I think. And I think today's story will certainly highlight that. Agreed. On a side note, I'm very hopeful that Clint and I will have an episode to talk about soon. Yeah. In other words, I want to get railed by Clint. Yeah, so. so I stepped, I went to the restroom at some point. Apparently, you guys got super flirty. I wasn't aware of that. I don't know if it was super flirty. We were. Just, it was more like logistical. And he did say he'd like to see me with fewer clothes on next time. That's fair. Like, Let's do that. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> so yeah, stay tuned for more of uh, the, the Clint Chronicles. Yes, yeah. I miss them. I miss Clint Chronicles. Yeah, it's been a while. We have not seen him in a long time. Yeah. It's been a while. Yeah. So we today are going to talk about an experience I had. And I will say this whole thing felt like a glitch in the matrix or something. It was very strange. And, and partially was... due to, it's partially my fault. You know, I didn't, <laughs> it wasn't, it was, I was not, it was not intentional. I didn't intentionally fuck up this program. It no, just and it was not just you either. It was so many things. It was so many little things that added up to this being one of the stranger experiences I've ever had. Yeah, it's like it was like death by a thousand cuts. I mean, it seemed good on, on the surface because you had great conversation with this guy digitally when you were communicating with him, which is how you ended up meeting him. But the backstory is like amazing. Okay, so let me let me throw this out there. Okay, so I match with him on a site. Okay, and. I didn't recognize him at all. I didn't know who he was. He was just some dude to me. And we started talking. Did he say later on that he recognized you right away? Yes. Okay. Which is also weird. Okay, we'll get to that. He didn't mention that. I did not recognize him. He recognized me. Okay. So we're talking digitally. He mentions nothing about knowing me. 
and we're talking back and forth and the conversations were great. I mean, I told you multiple times, this guy's fun. He's kind of silly and zany. And I like that. I like people that can kind of make me think in a different way. And I definitely feel like that's this guy. Yeah. He's very, he's a very kind of abstract thinker and he was fun and respectful and everything was going really well. Yeah. Okay. So we made plans to meet and I wasn't a hundred percent sure if we were going to play on the first time we met, but I think there was also this part of me that was like the digital communication was so good and that's not, that's rare for me because I usually lose interest or, right. you know, even if they're really cool, nice guys, I find myself getting pulled in a million different directions. So I'm not really drawn to that conversation anymore. I mean, there's a million different reasons that it kind of just fizzles out as everyone knows who's ever dated or been in the non-monogamous lifestyle. Right. But I was very drawn to him. And so I kept going back and putting that effort in. And so anyway, we met last week. I walk in to, we went to this quiet little bar and I walk in and I recognize him immediately when I see him in person. He doesn't, I mean, it's not as if he's not the same person in his pictures, but he looks different in person versus in the pictures. So you noticed I, him immediately. I walked in and I was like, I know that guy. I, I still didn't know how I knew him, but I'm like, I've met this guy before. Now I used to have a very public job. I worked with pretty much everyone in our town. Right. So I thought maybe that's where it was from. So I sit down with him, we talk, he's very kind of zany in person too, a little bit awkward, but in an endearing way. We have a decent first kind of half of our conversation. And then halfway through, he goes, by the way, you do know that we know each other, right? And I was like, no, <laughs> what do you mean? And he said, I worked with you when you were 17 years old. <laughs> Super strange. And we should say he's 42, right? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, he was my... I worked at a restaurant. I was like a host at a restaurant and he managed the restaurant when right. I was hosting. So strange. So that's how we knew each other. And he knew the entire time and he never said anything. What, did, he, did you ever ask him why he didn't mention it? No, I didn't. But I wonder now. I wish I would have asked. Well, he probably was concerned that it would just be a complete turn off or something or that maybe you thought he was perving on you when you were 17 or whatever. And Yeah, I know, don't know. Yeah, I'm I sure just, he just got in his own head. But yeah, he, he didn't say anything about it. So he tells me this and I'm like, okay, this is kind of weird. Like that's where the weirdness kind of started to pick up, I guess. But we did have a great time sitting there talking and we did gel fairly well in terms of like our conversation. We were having a lot of fun with each other. And so I was like, well, let's maybe go back to my place. I figured why not? Let's roll the dice and have some fun. Well, we should also say I came home from work. Right. You were on your way out the door, basically. And the plan, of course, was for me not to be there just in the event that you guys came back. I didn't, you know, we didn't want to, you know, throw the guy off. Well, I went to the gym, but it had been a while. You guys were together for a while. And so I went back to the house thinking, well, this probably isn't going to happen. Well, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> I told you we were meeting for drinks at five and you went to the gym at like 515. Yeah, kind of. I don't know if you thought drinks were going to take 15 minutes. Well, I just wasn't thinking. We just weren't communicating with each other well at right. all. No, but I, just... I, sh I show up to the house and you're there. And I gave him, in fact, I told him ahead of time right, right. that if we went back to my place, that you wouldn't be there. I'm like, Brian's going to go work out. He's going to do his thing. So we'll have the house to ourselves. Because I didn't want the first time. To be awkward? Whoops. <laughs> The first time you guys met to, yeah, be a fucking awkward mess. Yeah, which actually it turned out to be for him. Not for me, because I don't give a fuck, but he was definitely a little thrown off. When I first met him, the first thing I thought of was he reminded me of Charlie from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> 
That's what. That's the impression I got from him. He's like that quirky kind of dude. Well, he's not like actually, dirty. Like no, Char- no, no. But he actually looks like him a little bit too. And I was like, oh, that's funny. This guy looks like Charlie. So I think we should probably call him Charlie. So yeah, he. I mean, I. I didn't realize that I was home. It was like six thirty, and then you got you came in. You're like, why are you here? I'm like, well, I live here. I mean, I didn't know I, I wasn't supposed to be here. I didn't mean to be shitty, but I'm like, you're not supposed to fucking be here. I told this guy you weren't going to be here. Well, you here. also told him just come in the front door and come upstairs. Yeah, That yeah. was the whole thing. So I was like, oh, all right, I fucked that up. Well, so I'm, I, I'm here. So and I was I, cooking at the time. I couldn't stop. Yeah, I know. I know. You can just, like, leave. <laughs> so <laughs> I text him because he's, like, five minutes behind me. I told right. him to give me five minutes. So I text him and I'm like, hey, not a big deal at all, but Brian is here. <laughs> That wasn't a big deal so, for me. But. When you come in, don't be caught off guard. And he says, okay, dot, 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 dot. Am I like in for something here? Am I going to get my ass beat? I'm like, <laughs> no, don't be a fucking weirdo. Just come to the house. Take it easy, Charlie. <laughs> so he comes in. I, go, I meet him at the door. He comes in. He comes to like shake your hand in the kitchen. And it was so fucking awkward. Well, he was clearly just not prepared to meet me, obviously, in that setting. And I'm, you know, I'm in the kitchen. I'm cooking. I wasn't, I wasn't trying to be, you know, I didn't want to get too engaged with him. I figured I'm going to try to, you know, separate myself from this so you guys can just go do your thing. So it was just a little bit of small talk. And I just said, hey, I don't want to, don't let me hold you up. I'm cooking. You guys go have fun. And I just kind of left it at that and let you take the lead. Right. So I very awkwardly was like, we should go upstairs. And he looks at me and does this. Yeah, shrugs like, his shoulders. Shrugs like, it, you, sorry, you can't see it on the podcast. Duh. He's shrugging his shoulders at me like, what the fuck? <laughs> and yeah. I'm like, just come upstairs. But it definitely was. It threw off the entire energy. Yeah, totally it my totally fault. totally did. Totally my fault. It wasn't totally your fault. I could have done much better in that situation, but I was very caught off guard. Yeah, I, you know, we, we just didn't communicate that well about timeline. And I honestly thought, you know, it's an hour. It's over an hour. She's probably, this is probably not going anywhere. They're having a drink. She's finishing up and she's going to come home. I was not expecting you to show up to tell me that this guy was coming over. I really wasn't, you know, and I didn't have my phone on me. I don't take it to the gym. It was, is in the car, but I didn't have it. So I didn't see any text messages or get any text messages until I got home. You're like, Hey, we're on our way. I'm like, Oh shit. I may have fucked this up. So anyway, but we do go upstairs and we're up there. And I actually said that I wanted to change into a piece of lingerie. I'll always do that. Okay. So I go into the restroom. I change into a piece of lingerie. He's in our master bedroom while I'm doing that. I come out. And so I guess the best way to explain this is it was very kind of fumbling. There was a lot of fumbling going on. Yeah. This this is very high school backseat. It really was like the kissing. It was not bad but it was very kind of awkward it felt kind of stilted if that makes any sense yeah it was one of those things where i feel like hesitation kind of thing i think on both of our parts we were overthinking everything well he's probably thinking of you as a 17 year old girl that was the hostess at the restaurant probably really fucking with him and i think there was part of me that was thinking of my fucking asshole boss that i used to like bitch about all the time would make me stay late and shit like that so that was weird so that was part of the weirdness the downstairs thing with you was also part of the weirdness. And then I also think that there was just an overall lack of chemistry once we like got naked. Yeah, well, probably, again, didn't help, first of all, that he knew you, but you didn't realize that you knew each other. Then he comes in and I'm in the kitchen. And to be fair, I'm an awesome wingman, so I don't get in the way. But I'm sure that just threw him off completely. I think that probably threw him off more how like nonchalant you were, though, because that is not how most people expect a partner to be in that situation. Well, but he knew our situation. He knew that you had a partner. He knew what you know our dynamic was. 
So, I mean, how did he think I was going to behave? It doesn't even make sense. I don't think he had any frame of reference. Well, that's part of the conversation we're going to have, right? Because there is that lack of general lack of knowledge as it pertains to this space right. for guys like him. And so, yeah. Which is that, understandable. Yeah, 100%. I mean, of course, you think, well, you know, in normative life, well, if you're going to, if I'm going to have sex with somebody's wife, that guy's probably going to be mad. That's probably how it works. <laughs> right. So, for most people, that was obviously not the case. I shook his hand, I offered him food. I mean, what more could I do? <laughs> You know, I mean, take him by the hand and bring him upstairs for you. I mean, I could, I mean, I do everything I can. Yeah. And I try not to be too aggressive or overbearing. I just kind of stand in the background. Well, he also did say pretty much the moment we got upstairs, he was like, your boyfriend is very big. And I said, okay. (laughs) And he's like, he's just a big dude. Like, he's just kind of scary looking. Sorry. I was like, I don't know how to respond to that. He's not scary. (laughs) Yeah, it was very nice, I thought, to Charlie. Yeah. So, I mean, the whole thing, yeah, it just, it culminated in a weird energy. So then we start kissing each other and it is exuding weird energy. Right. It's a lot of, oh, should I put my hand here? Did you ever occur to you at any point to just stop and go, hey, does this feel weird for you? Uh, Yeah. I mean, a few times, but I was hoping, I guess my hope is always when you go into a sexual situation is that eventually things will take a turn. If they're not going well, they'll eventually turn. There'll be that pivot moment where everything starts to just kind of gel because that's happened many times with guys in the past where it's like the first few minutes are awkward and then you get all of that awkwardness out of the way and you can just be fun with each other. Well, it's interesting you say that because not to completely veer off, when I had my first date with the gal I'm seeing, there was not a lot of awkwardness other than the first 30 seconds of meeting somebody that's just normal like any anything. And of course, we sat and had dinner and talked for two hours, closed the place down we were in. And it really wasn't until I walked her to her car and she kissed me goodnight twice that I realized, oh, she's okay, she is comfortable. This is this is okay. And it was a very comfortable moment. So the next time I saw her when she came to visit me here in our town, she walked right up to me. Of course, she had to take her mask off. And she put, she took my mask off. We were outside of the restaurant and kissed me first. Oh, you didn't tell me that. And I thought, that's well, that's sexy. interesting. So clearly she's more comfortable. And what that did was it just made that night so much smoother. Yeah, because you did it right from the beginning. Yeah, you just, just got, got the, out the awkwardness way. out of the way. <laughs> yeah. No more weirdness. Yeah. You know? And then, of course, I didn't kiss her again until she, until she left and I got her to her car. But it made it very comfortable. Right. But the fact that you guys kissed in that moment and then the rest of it felt comfortable yeah. means that you were gelling with each other and right. it was working right this was kind of the opposite <laughs> like the more that we kissed and the more that we touched the more awkward it got. which yeah which surprised me when you told me so i'm like why didn't you just stop this thing here's the thing it was never it was never outright bad it and there was nothing that happened there was not one single moment that made it bad right it was just overall the energy was not there and i will also say as as we continue on with this story i think that this is a guy who doesn't have a ton of sexual experience yeah as we found out from his his relationship he's only been with a handful of people and and that's totally fine but a lot of times what that results in is you get very comfortable with those partners especially when you're with them for a long period of time they have certain preferences they have certain ways they want to interact with you sexually and therefore you see that as like a learned behavior that you take into every future sexual interaction well yeah if you've done something over and over and over with the same partner and then you have a new partner you don't really necessarily have a frame of reference to 
change what it is that you're, you've been doing. You're going to try to do the same thing that, that seemingly worked before. Right. That's just, I mean, that's just natural. And I find it most often in oral sex. So let me get to this. We're kissing, we're touching each other. He asks if he can undress himself. I said yes. And then we're kind of kissing. And at one point, I think I was kind of touching on his cock and he was grabbing on my ass. And there were moments when I was like, okay, we're picking up steam. This is going okay. And then we'd go to the next thing and it would just all go out the window. So for example, I'm I'm stroking his cock. He's touching my ass. That was okay. It felt good. And then he says, I'd love to eat you out. I said, awesome. So I lay down on the bed. He's on his knees at the edge of the bed. Now you have you have like a lingerie on, no panties, obviously. Right. Never. Come on. I mean, who are you talking to here? Yeah, I just wanted to clear that up for folks that don't know you don't have panties. <laughs> Any of our listeners know at this point, I'm sure. So anyway, I'm laying on the bed. Yes, no panties. He's going down on me. And it very quickly becomes obvious that like this is not going to be an amazing oral session. Right. So I decide, because I'm a firm believer, let me say this, I'm a firm believer in if something isn't going well sexually, it is your responsibility to say so. It's your responsibility to tell someone what you want. It's not the other person. They can't read your mind. Right. And everyone likes something different. I personally like hard suction on my clit and I like for other areas of my pussy to be played with in combination with that. Right. He very quickly started like, for example, darting his tongue in and out of my hole. Right. I don't really get much out of that. That right. does very, very little for me. So I said, hey, you should start licking my clit. Would you mind licking my clit? And he said, sure. But it doesn't like it. It was probably 10 seconds of that. And then he went right back to doing the other thing. So yeah, he went like, back to doing what was comfortable. And then I, I very kindly <laughs> and patiently said, that doesn't really work for me. Maybe you could go back to my clit. And he would once again do that for a little bit and then it would like stop. And so it was just one of those things where I felt like I was communicating fairly clearly and also respectfully. I was really trying to not, you know, I mean, there have been times in the past, I'll be honest, when I'm like, that doesn't, no, don't do that. (laughs) Do this instead. And I'm very controlling in those moments. And I didn't want to be that with this guy because I didn't think he would respond well to that. And I didn't want to create more awkwardness than there already was. Right. But, you know, I pretty quickly decided, yeah, we're done with the oral. Like, I'm just, I'm not into that. Let's move on. (laughs) So I started sucking his cock. And once again, another kind of highlight moment when I have his cock in my mouth, it's going well. He's saying some kind of sexy things to me while I'm going down on him. He asked at one point, like, do you ever deep throw? And I was like, fuck yeah, I deep throw. (laughs) I showed him my skills and he was like, wow. And I'm like, I know. Who do you think you're talking to? (laughs) I know. So, I mean, that part was fun. I I sucked his cock for a while and he seemed to really thoroughly enjoy it. And he was giving me all the cues that I love that kind of feed me during those moments. Like I said, kind of grabbing on my arms and saying dirty things to me. And I was like, okay, once again, we're moving in the right direction. There's going to be that. So there's moments where this seems like it's okay. For sure. And I think that's why I didn't stop it because I felt these little pockets of hope. Right. (laughs) pockets of of hope that it was going to eventually turn into something sexy okay so i suck his cock for quite a while and then he asked if he can go down on me Oh, why why repeat that again i was like i would prefer if you didn't and he's like oh okay so then i'm i'm sitting on the bed and i assume that he's gonna put a condom on and instead he decides to talk about the oral again he's like just so you know that's my favorite thing to do and i i get the most pleasure from providing oral and once again i decided i was going to be direct but respectful here and i said 
yeah, I'm not really feeling so much the oral. I, I'm not quite sure that we're on the same page with that. So I would prefer if we didn't do that. I understand that's something you like doing, but I'm not interested in doing that. And to his credit, I think a lot of guys in that situation would have gotten their egos bruised and would have gotten all fucking butthurt about it. He didn't. It's happened before. You've had guys get butthurt over it before. A hundred percent. He did not. I said, maybe you should put on a condom and I can ride your cock. And he said, okay. <laughs> so... He puts on a condom. He lays down on the bed. I start riding his cock. And once again, that's where it kind of all goes out the window. Okay. Because we can't get a rhythm going. And I love getting my rhythm going when I'm on top. I love the booty bounce. I love doing all my movements. And that's why I kind of love being on top because I get that control. And I can dictate the pace and the depth and all of that. Instead, he is trying to thrust from the bottom going against my motions and at one point he even headbutts me a little bit that's hilarious yeah and i'm like okay could you maybe not do that (laughs) like just let me ride you i promise it'll be great and he says oh okay and then within two minutes he's doing it again yeah, it's just mechanical. It's just built in. He's it's just so accustomed to it. 100%. It is muscle memory. I am so yeah, convinced 100%. of that. It is, like I said, I think that this is a guy who learned experiences or learned behaviors from past partners and assumed that's what you do. Yeah, and there was very, and clearly very little deviation in those relationships as well. It's probably just their, it was their go-to. And that's what he's comfortable with. You know, when you're in a situation where, I don't want to say it's it's a panic situation or it's a, you know, you have to respond a certain way. You just go to your comfort zone. And right. that's what he was doing. He was just, com- he's comfortable with those things. And of course, wanted to provide that pleasure that he's used to being able to provide for someone else just wasn't working for you. Yeah, exactly. So I will also say while I was on top and you heard us downstairs, this plays into it later because yeah. I decided, okay, I am a firm believer in you are responsible for your own pleasure. If I can't communicate to this guy how to get me off, I will get myself off. Yeah, because I'm downstairs now. I'm done cooking. I've done all the things I need to do. I'm checking some emails. The TV is on. But I can hear you, so I know you're having an orgasm. So instantly I'm thinking, oh, okay, this is going well. No, No drama. That's what I thought. So what I did at one point was I leaned back so I was... I had one hand on the bed and I could use my other hand to play with my pussy, to play with my clit while he's fucking me. And at one point I was playing with my pussy and I even was able to slip one finger in while he was fucking me. And that was kind of hot because then I felt like really full while I was playing with my pussy. And I came. I could tell. I heard you. But the problem with that methodology is he assumed that he was the one that was responsible for making me come. Right. Well, partially he was there, but you're the one that actually made made that happen. He was not responsible for making me come. He was not. I'm sorry. He was not. I was responsible for it. I'm giving him zero credit in that situation. Okay. Fair enough. But I'll talk about that at the end because I think that there's an important point to make here. So he then says, would you like me to get on top? I'm like, why not? At this point, let's just fucking, let's fucking try it all. Get it all out of the way. Because at this point, I'm fairly certain I'm not going to see this guy again. Right. I'm like, let's just try what's on the table. And then at least I can say I tried and I can move on. So he gets on top and it's worse on top. Really? Because then he has all of the control and he immediately starts going to like the hard jackhammering sex. Right. Which I think is something that I wish I could take that idea out of guys heads i think it's a porn thing i'm 100 percent convinced oh, for sure that guys think that like that hard pounding over and over and over again especially like just as you're entering someone right 
That's not pleasurable for very few women, I will say. I, I, I'm not going to say everyone because, like I said, everyone's different. Right. For me personally, it doesn't fucking work. It works towards the end of sex sometimes if I'm really revved up and I'm wet and I'm super into it. But as soon as you enter me, that hard, just pounding at me as hard as you can. He's not looking at me. There's no connection happening. Right. So... I ask him to slow down. He slows down a little bit. I once again play with my pussy. I make myself come again. And then I'm just, I'm I'm done. Because I don't know where to go from there. Right. It's like, I feel like I, I put myself out there by explaining what it was I wanted and needed from him. And he wasn't, I don't know if he wasn't able to hear it fully. Because he was just so like wrapped up in what he thought that sh- needed to happen during that interaction. Or if it was more so that he wasn't capable of providing it, so he thought that he would just o- overcompensate with something else. Does well, that make sense? Yeah, but I think there's a lot of things going on. First of all, not the least of which is it was an awkward interaction from the minute you walked into the restaurant that you met him in, right? Yeah. Right out of the gate, he's sitting knowing full well that he knows who you are, but doesn't believe that you know who he is because he didn't mention it. And so that part is awkward. Then he comes to the house and I'm there. And I wasn't necessarily supposed to be there. So that threw him off. And then the idea that he is so accustomed, obviously, to, you know, having sex in a particular way and a, a particular methodology. And it just isn't in alignment with yours. I mean, I got to give the guy credit. He hung in there, even though it wasn't, it couldn't, I cannot imagine for him thinking that that was a, an awesome experience. I, I'm, I, w- I would be surprised if he would think, if you would, if you asked him, if he would say, yeah, I thought that was great. Well, so here's what I was going to say. We actually, I told you this, we talked about it real time yeah. because I didn't want this to be a situation where there was anything left lingering out there or he was left wondering how it went from, from my perspective or anything like that. I wanted to be completely transparent. I felt like that was only fair given the circumstances. Right. So we finish, he goes and cleans himself up. He comes and sits on the bed. I'm sitting on the edge of the bed and he said, well, at least you came a couple of times. And I said, yeah, I can usually make myself calm by playing with my clit. It's fairly sensitive and I obviously know how to get myself to where I want to be. And he said, oh, so was the sex not awesome? (laughs) And I said, I think that we have differences in our sexual proclivities that prevented it from being amazing. Yes. I said, it doesn't mean that you're bad in bed or I'm bad in bed or any of those types of things. It just means sometimes you don't gel with people. And... He was very understanding of it. I was actually surprised. I was very impressed by his maturity level. This was not a guy that freaked well, out and ran out of the room. He's not a kid. He's 42. He was open to it. And he has texted me a couple times since. And, you know, we've had a couple of additional conversations about it. Because I do think this is a guy who doesn't have a lot of experience but wants to. He wants to have that experience. He wants to go in and just please a woman and have it be effortless. He's not there yet. Right. And... I wish him a lot of luck in that journey, but I'm also not at a point in my life that I want to do that. Well, we've had this conversation at nauseum now, and we talked about it, touched on it earlier. We neither of us are at a place at a point where 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 we want to, you know, suffer through bad sexual interactions or just you know not comfortable relationships or situations. There's just no point in that for either party. At this, there's just no point in that. No, no, especially when the benefit. I mean, yes, the benefit is he gets some sexual experience out of it and hopefully becomes a better lover. But 
I don't necessarily, I'm not the type that's going to feel some level of accomplishment from doing that. So there's not a lot in it for me. And so I just don't really see the point. Well, it's difficult because, you know, he's a, he's probably a great lover for the person that he was with for three years or whatever it was. It just doesn't translate to everybody. And he's got to find that he's got to kind of find his groove. How he does that is his own, his own journey. But for us, it just doesn't make sense to do that. We, our time is important to us. And like I, like, and we, what I said to you was, cause I thought it was great, right? From my perspective, I can hear you upstairs having an orgasm. I know specifically what's going on by the sounds that you make. So I thought, okay, this was great. So when you came downstairs and he left, I said <laughs> goodbye to him. And you told me that I was like, well, that is strange. And then of course you explained to me what had happened. And like I said to you, I said, what's unfortunate about this is you can't be angry at him or the situation. Even what it comes down to is if we're not going to have great experiences apart from one another, it doesn't make sense to do it. Right. Because I would rather have spent that time with you yeah. than you having a not great experience. Because here's the thing. If it's not a great experience, not even just a good experience, if it's not a great experience, it's not worth us not spending our time together. Right. You know, it's not worth that effort because the whole idea is for us to get back together and to really enjoy what had just taken place. We didn't benefit from that at all, you and I together, sexually. There was no upside to that because it was unfortunately not a great experience. It wasn't the worst experience, but it wasn't a great experience. Right. So if we're not able to create great experiences with our partners, we, there's just no there's no efficacy to it for us. 100%. Not, I, I just don't see it that way. I ha- I'll say this. I have learned more about myself sexually in the last probably three to six months than I ever have in my entire life before. Ditto. And that includes like entering into the BDSM world. The first time you and I started in the non-monogamous world, I have learned so much about myself and it's due in part to experiences like this. So I don't look at this as like some sort of failure or train wreck. I look at it as a way to learn things and take that into future interactions. So a couple of the things I learned from this one specifically, like I mentioned at the beginning of this episode or towards the beginning, I like kinky guys and I, I, tend to have far more in common sexually with kinky guys because duh, I'm kinky. But I also think that there's something to be said for the second lesson is that (laughs) I focus very heavily on non-sexual things a lot of the time when I'm talking to these single guys. And part of that is because you and I value connections with people. And we just talked about the fact that we have to have some level of connection to want to have sex with them. But that still has to be secondary to the sexual interests aligning. Yeah, absolutely. And I, a lot of times, fill up conversation with non-sexual things as a way to feel a connection with someone. And what I'm learning about myself is I can be connected to anyone. I've been in sales my entire life. And before that, I bartended. Like, I can connect with fucking anyone. That's not really the point of this whole thing. The point is to find decent people, good people that we don't, you know, despise, (laughs) but that we want to be naked with. Well, yeah, but it's also for me, not only do I want to find people that we want to be naked with, I also have to have, I have to like you. And in order to do that, I have to know some things about you. Right. But that can't be the main focus if the whole point is a hookup. No, no, it can't. We've learned that. So for me... And I'm not much, I don't do the hookup thing, obviously. I mean, I'm taking this woman out for a third time, probably. So it's a little bit different for me. But if it is simply just a, you know, kind of a hot wife situation for you, you don't necessarily have to have nine hobbies in alignment with one another or, you know, enjoy the same 
music and all that stuff. You just have to has to be a really good person, has to fit all the criteria, obviously, that, that we look for, and then have a good experience. But you do have to like the person, at least on a surface level. A hundred percent. But I looking back on this interaction, for example, I never asked this guy what do you consider to be good sex? What are some of the things you really enjoy in the bedroom? I didn't ask those things. Yeah, those are the questions that need to be asked. That's the stuff that we need to be talking about. And it's the first thing that I typically ask a kinky guy because I know that they can handle it and also because it's normal in the BDSM community to do that. Well, it's also how the that's how the conversation starts typically, particularly if it's digital, like the gentleman that you're corresponding with now. Conversation started with, this is what I'm into, this is what I'd like if you're amenable to this. So that conversation, that door's already open. Yep. Right, it's already started. That's the so, difference. Yeah, so when you start chatting with them, or particularly in particular when you get in front of them for the first time, it's like, hey, let's talk about these things. They're, not only are they, are they easy to talk to about it, they want to talk about it. They want all of that stuff on the table because they want just as good and experience as you. Yep. So it's difficult for people who don't have the ability to articulate that because they never did it before in a relationship. I mean, you can imagine uh, this particular guy that you had this experience with was in a long-term relationship or a couple of long-term relationships. You have to know that there was hardly ever a conversation about you know, what they really wanted or needed or liked or any of that stuff. And that's obvious because he wasn't able to take cues from you or have that conversation with you, you know? So yeah, I think we've, we've learned a lot three to six months to say the least for sure. Me, the last six months, uh, is the, probably the biggest changes in my life from a sexual perspective. Yeah, for sure. Feels good. Don't you feel good right now? Yeah. And a lot of it has to do with our personal situation. You know, we're changing everything about our lives and the idea that we're making these adjustments it just this just kind of goes along with it. Like we're we're changing everything, and and part of that is an evolution uh, in sexuality. Whatever comes, you know, it, you take it as it comes. For us, anyway. For me, absolutely. You know, that was a conversation we had with uh, Clint yesterday. He also does not discount anything, any possibility. Hundred percent. So lessons learned. I am glad this happened because <laughs> I learned things from it and I also become more in touch with what it is I want and need. And that is never a bad thing. So. No, I think we, like I said, for me, the biggest takeaway from some of these, you know, less than stellar interactions is if they're not going to be great, if there's not really like, it's kind of like your your connection with Dean. If it's not going to be a situation where it's a great experience and really a, a worthwhile endeavor, then it just doesn't make sense for us. Because again, it's just time that we're taking away from either really great experiences or each other. Yeah. And so we're just going to stay away from, uh, from situations that get, that put us in less than great experiences. Yeah, absolutely. So guys, like we said, uh, hope to see Clint this week, maybe. Yes. So yes. we should have some info for you there. I have a date, coffee date tomorrow. Which and will, a date date. And a date date, not tomorrow, but a date date down the road next week, depending, weather permitting. So yeah. if Mother Nature gives me a break. It's supposed to be nice next week. So hopefully yeah. we'll have a whole lot more to tell you guys about. Our Patreon members hear a lot of those details real time via our bonus episodes, as well as info in our Telegram group. And we share some really fun shit on Snapchat. It's a good way to support the show. And we hope that you'll consider it by heading over to patreon.com slash front porch swingers and seeing the different tiers that we have available. Our newest Patreon members this week are Bob and Venus and Mars. 
And we wanted to say a very big thank you to Venus and Mars because they sent us the nicest message on Patreon as well. It just made our hearts happy. So big shout out to you guys. Thank you so much. But we hope to connect with lots more of you via, especially, like I said, our Telegram group with over 100 people on it. It is honestly our favorite place to connect. And there are so many people jumping on, sharing pictures, their own information about the lifestyle, and even just silly shit to make you feel good. It's a really positive place to be. So we hope that you'll jump over there. We look forward to meeting you. And we also have sexy, naughty shit on our OnlyFans, people. I uh, got real naughty with the Tremor last week, and I also did a naughty Halloween shoot. So just a little bit of the fun that we're going to be having over there, that you're going to see over there if you jump on. OnlyFans.com slash Front Porch Swingers for all of that naughtiness. Yes, lots lots of naughtiness. Yes. If you want to hear me bitch about the snow, head to our Instagram <laughs> At least for this first snowfall, I've posted a couple of stories about how fucked up this shit is in well, it's October. Actually, it's not the first snowfall. It's just the biggest snowfall well, so far. It's the first real snowfall. Yeah, first, yeah, 10 inches is real snow. But I'm totally kidding. Our social media is a fun place to be. We hope you'll consider jumping on there as well. We're on Twitter at FP Swingers and Instagram at FP Swingers too. Our YouTube channel is bumping. We're putting new stuff up all the time and have some very serious plans for a vlog over there. So make sure you're subscribed so that you see it when it hits. And also don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts if you're listening there. And if you drop us a review, we would absolutely love you for it. It makes our hearts so happy when we see that. It's a great way to support the show with zero cost, just a five-star review and a couple sentences about why you love the show. So we'd hope you'll consider doing that. And I think that's what we have for you guys this week. Yes, absolutely. We've got a lot more coming. For sure. And as always, thank you guys so much for listening. Thanks, everybody. Don't forget to find us on altplayground.net. Alt Playground is an amazing open community for non-monogamous and sexually open people to connect, share, and create new adventures together. They have 20 years of experience as a regional open lifestyle website, but now they're rolling out nationally, and they're including so many amazing features, including the podcast corner, which we're very excited to be on. There are going to be videos from your favorite sex-positive folks, and also it's a great place to just connect with sexy, like-minded people. So we hope you'll come check us out at Alt Playground dot net today.